Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Hey, let me ask you a question. I know this is true as you get older, you realize this. This is even true for younger people. They don't think about it as much, but I want everyone here to think about it for a moment. Have you ever wanted something so much? Have you ever wanted to achieve something so much? You, either a goal or an item that you wanted it so much, and you put all of your effort forth to get it, only to be disappointed? That's true for us, whether you're a young person or whether you're 50 years old or older. Have you ever strived so hard for something only to be disappointed? Now, here's the interesting thing about the disappointment. The disappointment is not just because you didn't get it. The disappointment can also happen because you got it. You ever, you ever got what you were wanting and then were disappointed? Like, what's up with that? That's not supposed to happen, is it? The reality is, is that we're, we're, we are so wanting something in our lives that bring, that will bring us fulfillment. That oftentimes it's either elusive and we don't try to achieve it or we get it and it doesn't, nothing brings us that fulfillment. If anything, it creates a bigger hole. So you think about the stuff we strive for. You think about the stuff we strive for. Why do we do that? Well, in some sense, it's because we are kind of following conventional wisdom. Do you know what a conventional wisdom is? It's kind of the current thought of the day. And so let me, let me just kind of give you two thoughts concerning conventional wisdom and why we seek after that. First thing I want you to see is that the conventional wisdom of our day is, is that you must devote yourself to achieving your goals and dreams. Isn't that the American dream? The conventional wisdom is that you must give everything, you must devote yourself to achieving your goals and your dreams because nobody else is going to do it for you. Have you been taught that? I mean, you're told that from way little. Nobody's going to give you a victory. Nobody's going to give you an attaboy. Nobody's going to give you the stuff you want. Money's just not going to appear in your bank account. Conventional wisdom is, is you must devote yourself to achieving your goals and your dreams. That's where your focus needs to be. That's conventional wisdom. You know what I'm talking about? It's an enslaving thing, but all of us are there. I don't need to ask you if you're there. You're all there. Why? Because that's our culture. That's our world. You either achieve it for yourself or it doesn't happen. Do you know what I'm saying? You either strive for your happiness or it doesn't happen. Here's the second thing I want you to see about conventional wisdom. In our quest to fulfill our desires, there's only emptiness. Have you noticed that? In our quest, you know, here's that conventional wisdom. You've got to devote yourself to get it because nobody else is getting it for you. So, okay, you do that. In your quest now to try to find that fulfillment that comes through work or that comes through family or comes through activities or hobbies and comes through all of this other stuff, you find out real quickly, listen to me, you find out real quickly that there's only emptiness. It's only emptiness. 
If only I had that relationship. If, only I, I, if I only had that relationship with that guy or gal, then everything will be okay. Well, you get that relationship, you maybe even end up married. And guess what? The emptiness is still there. If I only had that job, if not just the job, but if I only had that position at the job, do you know what I'm saying? If I if I was at this le- level of income coming in, then then I then I would be happy. Everything would be okay. If I only had this many kids, and if my kids were doing this and and uh, we lived in this kind of house and I drove this kind of vehicle, then everything would be okay. Have, have you noticed that? If I only killed that buck, you know which buck. It's the one you dream about. The one you saw when you were riding down the road at night and your headlights hit it and you're like, yeah. Where, where's that place? Who owns that property? Would they mind if I went hunting there? So you get it. I noticed you haven't quit hunting. I noticed even after you put it on the wall, you're still not satisfied. Did you know what I'm saying? I mean, conventional wisdom, go for it, get it. But then you try to get it and still emptiness. Did you know what I'm saying? There's an emptiness in our hearts that only can be filled by one person, folks. Who's that? Jesus. This is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about where, where we're at with this whole issue of conventional wisdom. What do you, boy, this is sounding different than we normally start off, George. I thought we we're in Matthew. Well, yeah, we're in Matthew. We're going through the, through the Gospel of Matthew. We're in the Sermon on the Mount. And if we looked at a lot of different things, we've looked at Jesus talking about heart issues. We've looked at Jesus talking about proper motives. We're now going to launch into the part of the sermon where he's going to talk about right attitudes. You know what I'm talking about? Right attitudes, right thinking. Because in order for us to be what God wants us to be, you've got to adjust your thinking. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to adjust the way you look at life. Because the problem is, folks, the way we look at life right now, it's based on conventional wisdom. It's like you either do it or nobody's going to do it for you, and that's where happiness is. Don't you remember the bumper sticker years ago? Some of you are old enough to remember. It's about 20 years ago. Uh, there was a bumper sticker that was around town that was basically said this, he who dies with the most toys wins. It's all about what we're achieving in life, isn't it? But the truth is, you ever seen a hearse with a, with a trailer hitch? There's no winning there. If anything, it's emptiness. In fact, there's a whole book written in the Bible about that emptiness. It's called Ecclesiastes, written by the guy who had everything. Women and money. And his summation about what life is, is that all is vanity. Vanity of vanity, all is vanity. There's only God. So what we want to do today is we're going to talk about this first right attitude, there's a lot of attitudes we're going to look at over the next few weeks here as we go through chapter 6 here, but we're going to talk about the first right attitude that Jesus is going to talk to us about, and it's about having a right focus on life, a right focus. So look with me, we're just going to look at three verses today, and I want you, we're going to take apart what Jesus is saying, so I want you to look with me at verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Pretty simple, but yet powerful. So let's take it apart. What we're going to do is, we're going to take these three verses, I'm going to divide it into three sections. We're going to look at temporal pursuits, temporal, which means earthly, earthly pursuits, verse 19. And then we're going to look at the whole issue of an eternal perspective, verse 20. And then verse 21, we're going to look at a truth principle. You and I have to operate, if we're going to have right attitudes, on truth principles. And so we'll take a look here. So notice with me, first of all, temporal pursuits. Look with me at verse 19. He says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Here's what Jesus is doing. Number one, Jesus is calling us not to give ourselves to stuff. Conventional wisdom says, you got to seek it. you got to go after it. you got to do it. Jesus comes along and says, don't give yourself to stuff. Do you know what I mean by that? Don't give yourself to stuff. You notice what I'm talking about? That's the, Stuff can be all kinds. I'm not just talking about the stuff you buy at Walmart. I'm not talking about that you're striving for stuff like Walmart stuff. Stuff could be anything. Stuff is a broad term here. Stuff could be the house, the yard, the car, the position, the families, the marriage, the church. Don't give yourself to this kind of stuff. Don't get your focus all on what you're going to achieve and want in life. Don't go there. Jesus is telling us, he's calling us not to give ourselves to stuff. You know what I'm talking about. You see, people are at different levels with this. Have you noticed that? You ever met the guy at work and it's like very obvious to everybody that he's here for one reason and that's to climb the ladder? Do you know what I'm talking about? And you're part of the rungs that he's climbing up on? Do you know what I'm saying? It's all about what he wants or she wants. Or you've met the parent who their whole life, their whole being is their kids. And when their kids don't do right, they're so devastated like they're a total failure. See, that's when stuff becomes what we are consumed with. And Jesus says, don't be consumed there. Don't go there. Don't give yourselves to that. Why? Here's what I want you to see. Here's what Jesus says, the things we strive for will not bring fulfillment. Do you hear me? So you want that new truck, whatever brand you like. And you'll do whatever it takes to get it. And then you get it and you're like, smells newer but drives like the old one. The scene going to work hasn't changed. And after a year, it's like, has just as many dings. See, Jesus puts it this way. I think, he says, don't put your, don't lay up for yourself treasure where what? Look at what he says there. Where moth and rust destroy. We understand rust here, right? And where what? Thieves break in and steal. See, those are temporal pursuits. Where you're banking everything on this, on a relationship, on, on, on this status, on this stuff. And then you realize there's no fulfillment there because that stuff 
as, listen, listen to me. Positions, relationships, stuff all deteriorate. Did you hear me? You need to hear me. Positions, relationships, stuff all deteriorate. What do you mean relationships deteriorate? Trust me, they deteriorate. They deteriorate. Because there's no fulfillment in that. Here, let me just, I, I need to say this. Some of you, you're causing great stress to your relationships because you're trying to find a fulfillment that only God can give you from a human relationship. You're never going to find it in the human relationship. You're only going to find it in Jesus. So you're causing stress. He gives us here an, an, an eternal perspective. Look with me, verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. What's he talking about here? First thing, Jesus is calling us to seek an eternal reward. You want to strive for something? You want to apply conventional wisdom in a spiritual way? Don't go all out trying to gain your stuff right now because there's emptiness there. It's only going to bring emptiness. But go all out to lay up for yourselves a greater reward later on. Why? Because this life is just a blip to what's coming. Lay up for yourselves something beyond what's here. See, now you say, wow, how do you do that? Well, one thing, you're going to change your focus. Because when you're looking for fulfillment here, your focus is where? On yourself. But when you're looking for an eternal reward, your focus turns elsewhere. Where? Towards God and towards others. Do you understand what I'm saying? When your focus is here on the earthly, it's all about you, and so your focus is on you. But when you think about wanting an eternal reward, when Jesus says laying up treasures for yourselves in heaven, he's talking about your focus has got to be somewhere else. And where's that? On God and others. Well, you know, my focus already is on my kids, George. Yeah, hold on a second. Hold on a second, because maybe your kids would even say, oh, it's not about us. It's about her or about him. Did you understand what I'm saying? you got to be careful, because our hearts are wicked. Who can understand them, Jeremiah says. And our so-called righteous motives can actually be wrong and selfish. Jesus is calling us. He's calling us to, to seek an eternal reward. Here's what else he says. Such a reward will be fulfilling and will endure forever. Such a reward will be fulfilling and endure forever. I just had something recently happen. I uh, When I moved out, when I was 19... I bought this old antique desk and uh, for 20 bucks. And I carted that thing around. We had it even when we moved here, but Lori hated it. I love it. It looks ugly. 
And uh, so it ended up out in the workshop. Which only means it'll never come back in the house because it smells like mildew now. Well, the other day, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I was out in a workshop and I looked over there and I thought, holy cow, what happened to my desk? And I got boys. And one of them, I don't know if they got, two of them got carried away and all I need to say is my desk is no longer in the same shape anymore. And, and here's what the, you know, I said, what are you doing to my desk? I brought this into the marriage. And, well, we never do. It meant that much to you, Dad. It's just sitting out there in a workshop with junk on it. We get ourselves so focused on stuff that's meaningless, don't we? And then we find out what? That rust, moths come in, thieves, thieves come in, smash up your desk. Okay? And, uh, now I'm just kidding. I love my boys. I realize I love them more than my desk, so. But I didn't tell them that at that moment, so. Here's what I'm saying to you. That was not going to bring any fulfillment. But strive for what brings fulfillment and endures forever. You know what? I can look back 30 years now as a believer that when I did not focus on myself and focused on others, I can look back and I can see the fulfillment of relationships. And realize that they'll endure forever into eternity. Because people got saved. People found victory. My first car is probably somewhere melted down. Yours is too. And you thought that was the greatest thing. Some of you don't even remember what that first deer tasted like anymore, right? Unless your mother messed it up. Did you understand what I'm saying? All of that is meaningless. He's telling us, seek a reward that will be fulfilling and last forever. So then notice now with me the truth principle. Look with me at verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Two things I want you to see here. One is just a a general statement to talk about the truth principle. We're going to be looking at these truth principles over the next few weeks as we go through these right attitudes. But here's this. Right attitudes are founded on truth principles. You need to understand that. If you want to develop a right attitude about something, you got to have a truth principle to base it on. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because many of us base our attitudes on lies. And conventional wisdom today is, you know, you got to seek it for yourself. you got to gain it to find fulfillment and go for your dreams. That's a lie, folks. 
And how many people have crashed and burned seeking after that lie? Right attitudes are based on truth principles. So here's the truth principle Jesus gives us. I'm going to read it to you and then I'm going to sum it up in my words. Here's what he says. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What's he saying here? What consumes you becomes the focus of your life. What consumes you becomes the focus of your life. That's what Jesus is talking about. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. What consumes you becomes the focus of your life. And so if I'm going to have a right attitude, if I'm going to have a proper proper focus, my focus needs to be on who, folks? God, because here's the thing, if my focus is on all this other stuff, if my focus is on a relationship, I remember, you know, I remember, I remember being a college student. College students can be goofy. I know that because I was a college student and I had some goofy friends. Here's how goofy some of my friends were. They carried around with them an engagement ring, waiting for the right gal who would breathe the right way on the first date. And then, here's the ring. You want to get married? Why? Because they, they were convinced that fulfillment comes in a relationship. They'd be embarrassed now to think about that. Because you realize real quickly, married couples, isn't that true, that fulfillment doesn't come from a relationship like that. Fulfillment comes from having kids! Having kids is wonderful, but fulfillment doesn't come there, does it? Fulfillment comes from that position and job that becomes your whole focus. And you realize it doesn't bring the fulfillment. And you come crashing down. Jesus is trying to tell us where your heart, where your treasure is, there's your heart. Where your treasure is, there's your heart. Who's your treasure? Who's your treasure, folks? Don't answer that. Only you can tell us that. Don't give me a spiritual answer. Who's Jesus? Come on, seriously? If you're real, you'd be surprised. Oh, and by the way, if you don't know what it is, just ask somebody real close to you. They'll tell you. They will. I'm really, I'm really, do I have a struggle in this area, sweetie? Do, do My focus is where it should be, right? Oh, really? Really? Well, by the way, let me tell you about this one. And, and, and First of all, before you do that, you better be open to get the right answer. Don't just, don't just assume that they think like you do. They don't think like you. Okay? So here, here's what I'm saying. What do we do with this, George? Well, I'm gonna give you a couple things to digest on, think on. And again, with these questions, I'm not asking you to think on them now. We're talking about heart changes and about changing our attitudes. That takes time. It's not a moment at the altar. It takes time. You can have lots of moments at the altar, but never change anything. So here's the first question. 
What are you consumed with? Now, here's what I suggest you do. Get alone somewhere. And turn the radio off. Put your phone on silent or shut it down. And ask yourself that question. What am I consumed with? Holy Spirit, what am I consumed with? Am I, and, and don't sit there and say, oh, I know I'm consumed with Jesus. Really? Really? Be real. And watch what he brings to mind. And it's often immediately. It's the first thing you think about. It's either the, it's either the family, or it's the spouse, or it's the job, or it's a hobby, or it's a vehicle, or it's a bank account. Do you understand? I mean, we could go through it. Some, some people, it might be a cheeseburger. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? What are, what are you consumed with? Some of it might be status or ambition. Then you've got, you've got to ask yourself, what, what is consuming me? So here, here's the thing. How long does, how long does the fulfillment last that you gain from your pursuits? Here's the second thing you got to ask yourself. Is it really worth me going after what I'm consumed about? Because does it bring me any lasting fulfillment? Oh, it may bring fulfillment, but let's be honest, it's only for a second, right? It's only for a moment. So you, so you got to ask yourself, how long does that fulfillment last? A few moments? A couple days? Maybe a week? Sooner or later it wears off, you know what I'm saying? Then you're looking for it again. See, what's consuming you? What's, where's your focus? And how long does that fulfillment last? Why are we asking these kind of questions, George? Why are we going to ask these? Because I want you to see the futility of what you're seeking in life. I want you to see that what we're pursuing in our lives is nothing but emptiness. And that true fulfillment is found just a prayer away, just a faith away. So here's what I want you to do. Here's our action point. I want you to ask the Spirit to help you to find your fulfillment in Jesus Christ. See, salvation isn't just that you got forgiveness now, that you got the heaven thing taken care of. Salvation is for now. Jesus said, I have come that they may have joy, that they might be fulfilled, that they may have abundance and have it now. That's what he says, that you might have abundance and have it now. Can, can a lot of us here say that we feel pretty abundant in our life right now? We're overflowing in our life? I could think a lot of us would say, no, I feel pretty empty. But Jesus said, I've come that they may have abundance and have it. John says that your joy may be full. When's the last time you had joy? I'm not talking about just being happy. I mean, I was feeling pretty happy yesterday after the burgers with the pepper jack cheese on it, you know, at the picnic. That's, that's a feeling. But that only lasted and turned quickly into misery. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's not happy feelings. We're talking about a, a, an attitude of joy that only comes from Jesus. So what are you striving for? Strive for Jesus. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.